0: Welcome to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show with your hosts, Fligger and Briggs. That's right. Welcome back to an all-new episode of the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here on the Fantasy Sports Network and AsylumFantasySports.com.
1: We are Fligger and Briggs. Welcome back to the Asylum. And I'll tell you what, fantasy football playoffs are in full swing swing, and there's a lot of stuff going on, Rick. Injuries, all kinds of drama, great catches, fantastic finishes. I'll tell you what.
0: Doesn't get much better. Miracle Briggs here across the the table from me is very excited this week. Pulled off, I believe, his third straight miracle. It took two late fourth quarter miracles for him to make the playoffs and pulls off the Odell Beckham miracle on Monday night. So Mr. Briggs rather pumped up. As I'm sure you're all breathlessly awaiting to hear, Mr. Briggs and I have advanced into the final four of the Caveman Fantasy Football League (laughs) that we make you suffer through updates from weekly. So you'll all be relieved to know Rick and I move on. Not playing each other yet on opposite ends of the bracket. We
1: could face each other in the Super Bowl. For the first time it since or not.
0: 2009, gearing up for a yep. rematch from the 2009 Super Bowl, where I beat Mr. Briggs by, what was it, 1.18 points, 1.6 yeah, points, if it was something even like that, that. It was ridiculous. It I was don't a, know. Uh, It was a late Adrian Peterson catch, if I recall correctly. Yeah. I had Brett Favre, you had Percy Harvin.
1: No, not Percy Harvin, the other guy that went to Seattle. He doesn't oh, play anymore. What yeah, was his name?
0: I, oh man, you're right. Well, out of sight, out of mind yeah, in fantasy, yeah. isn't it? Forget who it was. And he was having a monster year that year. The right. year Favre had the monster year. Then he
1: got the big contract with Seattle, had rib problems, couldn't oh. shoulder problems. Why is that
0: name escaping me? I cannot
1: because it, he was in ridiculous. he was in so Short of a time, right, right. Now, Sydney it, Rice. Sydney, Sydney yeah. Rice
0: is who it was. Sydney Rice. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. Yep, Sydney yeah, Rice. I'm certain of that. And so Brett Favre completed a pass to Adrian Peterson. If I'm not meeting. mistaken, he he completed one to Sydney Rice to put me in the lead. Right towards the end of right. the game, and he got the one more right. completion to Peterson that did two things. It gave Favre enough points to put me in the lead, and also gave them the final first down they needed to start taking knees and end. Not right. forget that game. Who cares about that game? But end the caveman championship exactly. with your boy as the champion, and we're ramping up to do it all again this year.
1: It's just too bad he didn't knee himself another <laughs> minus three yards, knee <laughs> the ball of out of our... his, <laughs> knee the ball out of his hands. Right. That's
0: a that's a scary thing on those kneel. If you're down to tens of points, <laughs> it'll cost you tenths every Which we time. are, exactly, yeah. It, it, it's been like that all year. I believe you got into playoffs by, was it less than a point, Rick? Mm-hmm, yeah. Or like, two weeks ago, it was less than a point. It was real close uh, two weeks ago, and last week. Uh, you actually won the division by, uh, you know, a point and a half or something and like 80 that. 80-yard uh, Odell, 84-yard Odell Beckham touchdown sends you into the uh, semis, into the conference championship game. So, there's your uh, update, everybody who was looking for that. You're welcome.
1: And very quickly, let's go down uh, the top ten in PPR scoring for wide receivers. All right. And it's kind of funny because you you shake this stuff out in the beginning of the season and it's like, ah. this guy is doing great. This guy, you know, boy, we should have ranked him higher. Number one, Antonio Brown. Yeah. Honey. No surprise. No surprise there. Number two, Odell Beckham. No surprise Number there.
0: Number three, Julio Jones. No surprise there. Number four, no surprise to me, Not Brandon to Marshall. I think a surprise did a lot of the rest of us, but I will give you credit. You were all over that all summer. Five, Dondre Hopkins. No surprise to me, but None as we were whatever. talking about a surprise to a lot of uh, jerks out there who assailed me all summer. Number six, a mild surprise,
1: but to both our, you know, we didn't think – we love this guy. We just weren't sure of the offense. Allen Robinson. Yeah. At number six. Seven, A.J. Green, no surprise. No, perennial. Eight, Larry Fitzgerald, no surprise. I,
0: I think that may be a surprise, Rick. That's a guy who could have been had in the seventh or eighth round. He had been forgotten. Well – All those years under just horrific quarterback play when Carson Palmer was hurt and before Carson got to town, we were coming into that. We we were pretty high on Larry Fisher. Carson
1: Palmer was healthy. They had Chris Johnson at the time. Andre Ellington was healthy. Yeah, you know, and, and they established John Brown and Floyd. You know, it was just a pretty dynamic offense and and physically gifted. None. Better than Larry Fitzgerald.
0: No. Well, physically, no. We've always talked about that. What I'm saying is if we had a living, breathing producer who was willing to do anything, which we don't, he would look up the ADP for Larry Fitzgerald. I'm telling you, Rick, that was in the 7s or eight somewhere. I'm telling you. You're right.
1: And 9 and 10, uh, certainly mild surprises to me. Jarvis
0: Landry, not so much. I was big on Jarvis Landry yeah. and took a beating for that one.
1: Yeah, not not so much with Jarvis Landry. He, he doesn't surprise me, but Doug Baldwin comes in at number 10. <laughs> well, he's done it all in the last
0: two weeks, right. is
1: the reason he's a surprise, because he was probably 32nd three exactly. weeks ago. Exactly, you know, it, and this is, this is Doug Martin from two or three years ago, whatever it was, when he had most of his points in about five games. But then we round out the top 12, Demarius Thomas and Calvin Johnson. I mean, the stalwart performers are there Oh yeah. all, all season long. The guys that everybody depends on, there's really no surprises in there. Your wide receiver ones, your top 12, I would say maybe one to two are mild surprises. Right. That's I it. mean,
0: if you were asked to list your top 12 receivers in the preseason, Doug Baldwin certainly wasn't among no, them. No. I'm going to exactly. argue for most people, Larry Fitzgerald wasn't among them. In terms of prediction, I, I think we were higher on him. Some folks right. were. He was sort of a polarizing guy, and it, was, it had nothing to do with Larry Fitzgerald, and it had everything to do with the Arizona Cardinals and Carson Palmer and his injury history. Landry, I'd have made the argument for him. I think he'd have been a 50-50 case. But the rest of the guys, I just don't think. I think other folks would have had Mike Evans up there. I'm Amar, trying to think of the, Randall Cobb. the, the notable ones. Yeah, Randall P. Y. Cobb. T.Y. Hilton was pretty high with a lot of people. Jordy Nelson would be in there had he not been well, injured. he was
1: hurt in preseason. It right. so doesn't really count. But, yeah, I mean, there's just not that many surprises
0: there really is There's a predictability to that now where there's not a predictability is it the running back position i'll bet you that's a jumbled up well that's (laughs) that was my segue oh all right so you're (laughs) segueing into it i'm reading your mind yeah
1: that was my segue let's go to the top 12 okay we'll go to the rb1s all right through however many weeks it is now what 15 14 14 yeah 14
0: we played 13 yeah 13 13 weeks 14 weeks
1: Number one, of course, he's been there for a while, but Devontae Freeman. Would That's have never stunning. thought that early in the year, no, I,
0: I have to admit. Stunner. Number two. You they, know what I'm stunned by? Devontae Freeman's still number one. Exactly. He disappeared for the better ever since well, that injury. It's the 11
1: touchdowns in the right. – 61 receptions. Sort of similar to Doug Baldwin. He did all of that in three or four games as well. Yeah, you throw him in a standard league, he's probably not your number one. Mm -hmm. But we're going through with PPR. But anyway, Adrian Peterson, number two. No stunt, no surprise there. Mild surprise, but certainly a a top ten guy. Lamar Miller is at three. Doug Martin at four. The muscle hamster. You were very high on him. Very high. From
0: even the legs of you.
1: Uh, Yeah, true. Because I just did not trust Tampa Bay, and I'll tell you what, they have really matured as a team. It's
0: all about Jameis Winston. It is. It's all about Jameis Winston. Yeah. He's been better than you could have expected. Right. A guy coming out in his circumstances. Because you look at Winston and
1: you look at Mariota, right. you would think, okay, similar type of guys and if you look at week one oh. Marcus
0: <laughs> Mariota whoa well he did what Cam Newton did in his first three or four right. weeks he's kind of coming look Marcus Mariota is going to be good in this league sure he if is. Marcus Mariota wasn't on such a pitiful team they'd be closer but for my money right now James Winston's a rookie of the year exactly. it's not even close
1: okay coming in at number five he's now on IR he will not stay there Mark Ingram for for New Orleans you know, he put in uh, almost twelve hundred total yards before he went out with that a mild uh, injury.
0: Upset. Yeah, to be mild, that high, mi- anyhow.
1: True. Todd Gurley coming in at six, not a shocker, but uh, on that offense, defense. it is. Well, to, for anybody to do anything in that offense, exactly. Chris Ivory, right behind him, and here's. This will be a shocker because no one would expect expected this because they expected Le'Veon Bell to be in the top right. three. But D'Angelo Williams, two, four, six, number seven.
0: That's a in, in,
1: in the league right now, LaShawn McCoy right behind him. That not, surprises me. Yeah, not really. I mean, it, that doesn't really surprise me considering it's PPR. He's still utilized that way. Danny Woodhead, not a real shocker there, but – Kind of a shocker he's still there because right, he had not done anything in a month. Yeah, and then riding
0: out the top 12, Latavius Murray. I, what's surprising about that list, Rick, and it makes you, and we'll have this discussion more in the offseason, we'll save it for that. we got a lot of now to get to. I'm
1: sorry, he was 11th. Jonathan Stewart at number 12. That's, that's that stunner. is shocking to uh, me. Of
0: those 12 guys, 13 guys, I guess you ended up listing. No, with 12. I, I was Oh, okay. yeah. 12. Adrian Peterson, the only one that was drafted as a number one. The only one that, with the intention that was listed was previewed to be a number one fantasy. Exactly. So that's going to lead to the conversation in the offense. I saw you you were talking to to one of our great listeners on Twitter earlier today about this no running back theory that we debated a ton in the offseason. Does it make an argument for it? Because most of these guys you listed, Rick, Lamar Miller, Latavius Murray, Mark Ingram, these were all your fourth through sixth round backs. So you could load up on those obvious top 12 wide receivers, load up on these guys four through six, because that's the round those guys went. In the end of the third, it started with uh, probably with Lamar Miller, Latavius Murray were kind of end of the third round guys. And then we got rolling. We got that run with him and Ingram. And those guys. So, But that's a discussion we're going to have for another time. Of course, we have already blown right past time with, without even realizing it. So let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the here and now, the injury updates, and where to go with that right after this.
1: And now, back to Flieger and Briggs on the Fantasy Sports
0: Network. Back at you coming from the haunted attic of a barn studios where it's a brisk 24 degrees up here this evening enjoying <laughs> loving life fantasy the playoffs in full swing posh. The I don't posh think you know what posh means. Right? Penthouse studio. I don't think you know what posh means oh, and of I don't course think I do. you've ever been in a penthouse <clears throat> so I, I fear that. Rick. I've read we are, them. <laughs> well yeah, back back in the day. I don't think anybody does that anymore, huh? There's Probably too much not. available out there on the internet. Well isn't it Playboy? They're not even doing the nudity bit anymore.
1: I don't even know. I, I, no I thought clue. they decided they were getting rid of that. We used to just get it for the articles. Oh well, anyway. yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, know. Hey, how we anyway. Got Let, let's back off of that. it's the the you know, com- um, championship. Um, I'm brother. not gonna
1: go through well, I guess we could do that, but we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Um Quarterbacks, I'm going to put a question to you right now. All right, let's have it. We have Derek Carr at home versus Ooh. Green Bay. This is a Rick Briggs lineup question. I like it. All right, Derek Carr at home versus Green Bay.
0: It's not a great matchup. We have Ryan Fitzpatrick at Dallas. <clears throat> or, pardon good. me. It's a pretty good matchup. Well, they held Aaron Rodgers down on the road. The defense isn't the problem in Dallas. That was all Eddie Lacy and Starks. But that's a and tough I put call. this to you.
1: All right, as great as Aaron Rodgers is, we've saw, we've seen, um, some real chinks in that offensive armor without Jordy Nelson. Quite frankly, Rodgers we, been bad. The, yeah, we have seen based on
0: expectation, he's been well, bad. well. Yeah, based
1: on expectations, he's still fourth in fantasy yeah. scoring. But you know, we've seen the emergence of Richard Rodgers. Right. Okay. We've seen, uh, you know, more of a a rebirth of Eddie Lacy just in the (laughs) last couple of weeks. Yeah, twice, really. Let's hope we don't. Let's hope we don't go for three. No, I'm telling you. I I am telling you, take this to the bank. You better, if you got him, you start him. him. Yeah. Or if you can acquire him, get him. Yeah. Because I I mean, it's a little late. Yeah. But I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers without Jordy Nelson, they just I mean he's got 31,75 yards, 28 touchdowns, 5 picks. I mean, you look at that anywhere in fantasy and you say, "Man, that's that's awesome." But
0: it's Aaron Rodgers. Well, I think the thing with that, we think he, when I say he's having a bad year, he hasn't been good. All right, the numbers have been good. He's been pretty much what you would expect as your fantasy quarterback. When I'm talking about the NFL, these Green Bay Packers have found way too much time in garbage time, or at least way too much time trying to come back into fourth quarters where these big numbers are coming up. You know, we're not going to get down into the nitty gritty, but, but if you they're look nine at his, and four, they're leading right. the division. Yeah, I don't know yeah. inexplicably. You know, stupid hail mary, and that that team just hadn't been good without Jordy Nelson. I, I'm sticking to that. I agree with you. The NFC is terrible this year. They but getting stink. back, oh to, yeah, where, where were you going? Sorry about
1: getting that. back to the original question. Derek Carr at home versus Green Bay, or Ryan Fitzpatrick on the road at Dallas. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick over the last three weeks, I dare say he's got to be. I don't. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he's got to be in fantasy top three well, or four quarterback. He's been an absolute monster. I mean, Palmer. And maybe uh, Russell Wilson may be ahead of him, possibly Cam Newton. But I can't think of any quarterbacks that are ahead of him.
0: No. Certainly not not
1: Roethlisberger. He hasn't thrown up the touchdowns. You know, and here's another cupcake for the Jets, quite frankly. Well, or is it? I mean, Dallas is, uh, like you said, it hasn't been the defense, supposedly. Is it going to be kind of a low-scoring
0: affair? I mean, that's kind of the dilemma I'm in. And what I would fear there, when you have a Chris Ivory, when you see what Eddie Lacy and Starks did last week and the commitment, now that was probably more weather-based than anything else, and then it worked, so they stuck with it. But the commitment that Green Bay made to the run and how successful they were, I would think your initial game plan would have to be, let's grind it out, let's keep Des Bryant off the field, which is the only thing you fear, really, in that Dallas offense at this point. Let's just grind one out, take our win, and keep trying to hold the Steelers off for that final playoff spot.
1: I'm almost inclined to disagree with you. The only thing they need to fear is Darren McFadden on that offense, because Matt Castle, <laughs> okay, has
0: proven that yeah. he, he's
1: really not getting the ball to Des. I slept
0: on McFadden. You're you're 100 right. He's on not
1: that. getting the ball even to Terrence Williams, who is a burner. I mean, he's certainly making a few catches here and there, but they just can't really score points. And I don't know. I, I, I'm i tending to ride Fitzpatrick, who is hot, who has an enormous amount of weapons. Mm-hmm. And you can say what you want, but I have to rank the weapons at his disposal up there
0: with Pittsburgh. Oh, absolutely. Up there with Denver. Give me Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. Yeah,
1: and Chris Ivory. And
0: Ivory in that running game and Pyle catching passes out of the backfield. That's a scary little offense. He's loaded, and they've got a good defense. And uh, Derek Carr, Rick, uh, threw two touchdowns last week. Still only put up 13 fantasy points. Right. Four out of the last five games, he scored 14 fantasy points or less. He's struggling. Exactly, this Raiders offense is struggling, which you know
1: prompted me a couple of weeks ago to dump Jay Cutler, who I'm done with. Pick up Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he has done quite well. And and, you know, quite frankly, I
0: I think I'm going to ride Ryan Fitzpatrick. Green Bay's a middle of the road. So Derek Carr's an average play. Mm -hmm. I in no way expect Derek Carr to throw for 300 yards and two touchdowns. I. He can he win don't this expect game. Expect it, but he, he can. He can win this game. He can throw multiple touchdowns. This Green Bay defense, I think, is right in the middle. Quite frankly,
1: both of them are. They can
0: turn you over. Green Bay and Dallas defense. I are both no in no way would be surprised. It's not a guarantee to happen. I would in no way be surprised if I got up on Monday morning and opened up the newspaper to use an old reference for old people like us to see that Ryan Fitzpatrick threw for 320 yards and two touchdowns and a pick. I think that would be about an expectation, 275 to 300, multiple touchdowns, because Marshall's going to get his, and Eric Decker just scores a touchdown every week. So, yeah, I think this is Fitzpatrick. I like Derek Carr better as a quarterback, quite frankly, but right now Ryan Fitzpatrick's getting it done. If you're calling it an equal matchup on defense – Maybe you factor in the home versus row, but I don't think that factors in much here. you got to go with the highest ceiling, and the ceiling for Fitzpatrick just laps Derek Carr's ceiling right now. Yeah, and it is the
1: – you know, Derek Carr – Oakland is on the way up. I was very high on Latavius Murray in the preseason. He's fallen short of expectations. Derek Carr really has not, but – they're still very young. Amari Cooper, Derek Carr, Latavius Murray. Khalil Mack on the other side. Cal- yeah. This team's going in the right direction. Exactly. a playoff team but very soon. But they are young. They're growing pain. Fitzpatrick, I tell you what, he's a, he's a grizzled old guy.
0: and The moment's not going to be too big for him.
1: No, but this is his moment. That's the right. thing. They, they are poised for a playoff. He's got a ton of weapons. He's got a great defense behind him. And... You know, I I really think that the Jets, as much as being homers that we are, we want Pittsburgh in the playoffs. The Jets are a dangerous team, right? Along with, I
0: think they're actually more dangerous than Kansas City. Well, problem with Kansas City is their
1: their, cupcake schedule. Yeah, their schedule is ridiculously
0: easy coming out. Which the same thing as a Steeler fan. We didn't get to it. We're going to start this off in the next segment. I hope. You, know, you got Andy Dalton out for at least the rest of the regular season. As you're a Steeler fan, you're thinking, "All right, now I'm back two games, three games to play." And AJ McCarron start, and Steelers are gonna win a division. Until you look and see the fact that yeah. Cincinnati plays Baltimore, San Francisco, San Francisco, and Cleveland. If I'm not mistaken, right? Baltimore, San is, yeah. Francisco, and one other cupcake. If it's not Cleveland, it's some other joke of an yeah. opponent. So if they
1: don't win out, they'll be two and one. Right?
0: Yeah just by default through right. the running game. I mean, you, you figure it with a game against Baltimore. And here, here we go before we go to break. You want your start for the fantasy playoffs, a guy who's going to salvage your season, who's been rotten at the end of your bench. Get Jeremy Hill wound up. Get Jeremy Hill in your lineup going up against San Francisco, going up against Baltimore with A.J. McCarron at the helm where they're going to limit this playbook. It's Jeremy Hill time, and you're about to see what you saw at the end of 2014 right now out of Jeremy Hill. And
1: I'll tell you what, you talk about a play of the week, get the Cincinnati defense in yeah. against <laughs> that San one. Francisco offense. I, yeah. There's no question about that. That was the um, the start of the week last
0: week on the Sant, Ryan Fitzpatrick. All right, Rick. Well, let's break all here, right. try to get ourselves caught up. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about what happened last week, the injuries, and, and make some lineup decisions based on that. And we will do all that right after this. Rolling on here on the Asylum Fantasy Sports here Show. Here on the Fantasy Sports Network, Rick and his pos studio over there freezing to death. You can hear him rubbing his uh, hands together. I have no idea what you're talking. Boots frozen you sit to the floor. There and come, up, come up with all this stuff to make it sound like. You know, that it's an uncomfortable place. At asylum football on Twitter, I'm tweeting out pictures. That's all there is to it. People need nah. to see what I am working with at asylum football on Twitter. All right, Rick, let's get into a little bit of what happened last week and what it means going forward. Right. We, we talked about we talked about the Andy Dalton situation. I don't think there's a lot more to talk about there. I think it's great for Jeremy Hill, especially with the easy matchups they have. AJ Green's gonna be fine, I think. I hope Tyler Eifert will be fine, assuming he's all right. Yeah, that was a big part of of Cincinnati losing that game. That got lost in the fact that Andy Dalton went down. You had Tyler Eifert dealing with that concussion issue. We'll see as he goes through the protocol what his situation is like going. So forward. Cincinnati, we could have AJ to AJ right, and they were confusing AJ it already. squared. I can already see oh, it. it's going to be terrible. It's terrible, going to be terrible, a terrible, horrible. Stick. Did horrible you see? Yep. There was word coming out of Cincinnati already that they expect A.J. McCarron to be the Tom Brady to Andy Dalton's Drew Bledsoe. Care to comment on that without cursing, if you could? I was literally beating my head off my desk as I was reading that just yesterday.
1: Yeah, I mean, that is just... I don't know. I mean... Stupid. It's, its you know, very speculative, but it's... I know, irres- irresponsible. <laughs> okay, that's you good. You know what I'm saying? Nobody really said anything about Tom Brady coming in to fill in with Drew Bledsoe and not, other no. than, oh,
0: man, Drew oh, Bledsoe crap. is gone. Who's, who's this guy? You're <laughs> right, who's exactly.
1: So now all of a sudden, making his first start, he's, he's Tom Brady all over again. You know, I remember Jerry Jones saying that, uh, you know, he is the purest passer,
0: <laughs> the weed the, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know Brandon Weed. Yeah, best it, pure passer he's ever seen. Right, the yeah. best pure passer. I was trying How, to how'd think that the, work out. Yeah, exactly. So, and so then he jumped. then he mocked
1: him as they released well, him. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what Jerry Jones does. Right. You know, exactly. I, I
0: was just trying to pump him up. So he, he's a loser. Not,
1: you know, let's not jump the bandwagon. Look, Tom Brady's come around once in a generation. Right. Maybe. And, <laughs> maybe. Yeah,
0: maybe. Adrian, he's the best of all time, right? At in, this point, he's my the best he is, quarterback of all time. In my book, he is. So we might wait another forty or fifty years before we see this again.
1: Yeah, especially coming
0: from where he came from.
1: I mean, who do you compare him to? Because it's very hard to compare quarterbacks because the game has changed right. so much. Right. I mean, you know, they they try to compare him to Montana.
0: Or nothing like
1: Montano. Marino or totally John Unitas. Totally, yes. all
0: different quarterbacks. Sure, they're, they're they're totally different. And there's here's what's interesting about Brady: why I think he is the best best of all time. <laughs> Once again, we are completely sidetracked. But that's derail again. That's what we're going to do today. I, we've seen Brady do it two different ways. Through the beginning of his career, when he was winning the bulk of his Super Bowls, he was almost Rick, one of those game management guys who just found got ways to win games. In that regard, I would compare him to a Terry Bradshaw who just won championships, who just won big games, who made the plays he needed. He was yeah, there. Bradshaw would throw for 300 if right. they had to. If they had to. Or he'd turn around and hand it to Franco and Rocky right. 35 times, much like Tom Brady did to Corey Dillon when that team was really rolling right. at that period. Then as the NFL changed, Tom Brady changed. And all of a sudden, he could throw the ball 60 times, complete 57 of them, and just pick you apart right. like a Joe Montana, like a Warren Moon, somebody like that. He's a hybrid of the best of all of the best of all time. And look, I hate him. Total douche. Can we say that on this air? I'm not sure. if. If not, I'm sorry. But I, I don't like him, but he is almost a hybrid. He can he's a chameleon. He can fit himself to whatever it needs to do. He's not going to insist on throwing the ball fifty times. He can do exactly what it needs to be done to be win, regardless of the circumstances, irregardless of who's around him, the fact that he has this team, this mash unit here in twenty fifteen, sitting at what what are they, Rick now? Twelve and two? Well, oh, they're ten and ten and 11-2. 11-2, two. Two, yeah. yeah. sitting at 11-2. Most other quarterbacks in this league, there, there's plenty of good quarterbacks that would have that team, maybe 9-4, something right. like that. But to have him at 11-2, he's just the greatest of all time. I hate saying it, but he is. I, I mean, I don't even hate saying it
1: because, you know what, I, I'm – over, uh,
0: the Patriots are
1: cheaters. I'm not. Uh, uh, I'm still uh, with it. I, I, I still any hate other. them as
0: an organization.
1: I, I'm done with Okay, the the first time, shame on the Patriots. This, this deflate gate, this, this last one, shame on the NFL. You can't control a few footballs. <laughs> you know, don't cry to me. You got billions of dollars. You can't hire Joe Schlepp. To carry the balls in a bag and hand them to the referees at the proper pressure. Too bad. That's Minnesota rare. Vikings were warming them up by the heater to expand them because their quarterback liked them a little bit harder. They said, "Oh, don't do
0: that anymore." Shame. You know, or shame.
1: I'm I'm tired of hearing about all that. Crap. I still hate him anyway. Maybe just
0: because Belichick's a jerk.
1: Getting that, yeah. Getting getting away from that. Yeah, I think he is the best of all time. I.
0: You can't hardly
1: make a case for
0: anybody else. No. There you, you really, really can't. There, there, there's just none. So, All right, Rick, well, we chewed up that uh, segment, still talking about nothing we wanted to do. So <laughs> maybe when we come back, we'll try to talk about what we plan to talk about in segment one, but I'm making no promises. We'll be right back. We don't sleep so you can stay ahead of your competition. Stick. The I think we don't sleep because our minds just go a million miles an hour as the first three segments may have taught you. We're going to try and get <laughs> back on track here. We'll try. We are Flieger Briggs, com at asylum Football on Twitter. All right, Rick, there was some major injury news that did come out of last week that is affecting lineups. Not only the injuries, I think that's fairly obvious. But what you do with these backup situations, I think for me, first among them after the Carson Palmer situation, not the Carson Palmer, I'm all messed up in uh, Cincinnati. Let's try Andy Dalton. Yeah, thanks. It's Thomas Rawls going down in Cincinnati. They promptly think. Seattle. Seattle. What did I just say? Cincinnati again? (laughs)
1: We'll we'll put Carson Palmer back in Cincinnati and Thomas Rawls in Cincinnati. Cincinnati is loading up, baby.
0: Loading up. (laughs) Yeah. New uh, championship contenders there. So, in Seattle, Rawls goes down. They promptly cut Harris. They sign Christine Michael. What are you doing, Rick? If you were a Lynch owner who had handcuffed with Rawls, you're counting on this Seattle backfield. Can you? Are you messing with anybody? Who? I know you're a Fred Jackson owner. We got Michael back. Well, I picked up Fred Jackson
1: just simply as an emergency situation, but all reports out right now he's still a third down back. He's he's not nobody I want to plug into my lineup. Christine Michael's been signed. You have to wait. This week to see what's going. Yeah, I, don't where the going. I don't think you I, can going.
0: I don't think I'm can not mess touching. With it. I'm now, not if you touching. have to, Rick, can we agree? Because I want to come out it. Let's say you just absolutely have to. I don't know who else you have, but you absolutely have to. I think Fred Jackson's the guy, right? You're the especially only guy in a, in a PPR format. Yeah, I think especially. he's the only guy you can count on being on the field. The only guy you can maybe count on yeah. seeing a goal line look or two. I wouldn't want any part of it. I'm with you, Rick, 100%. I want to take a wait and see. Right. And maybe when you get into the – champ, if you make it to your championship game next week – and you got one of these guys, maybe you've got yourself an additional piece. But I think if I had to do it this week, I think it, Fred Jackson's the only one I'd feel mildly comfortable going with. Yeah, because he will get a few looks. There's no question about that. But, you know, if, if you're in the
1: semifinals of your playoffs or maybe this is your first round of your playoffs, Yeah, you know, maybe you were a T.J. Yeldon guy and you've lost him. Oh, well, yeah, we'll which, get there. Which you could be in this situation. Um. And you didn't happen to get Denard Robinson as, as a hookup, which I think was a great pickup. You know, you buying
0: for, all this Denard Robinson hype? Well, I think he's going to be the guy. He actually acquitted himself okay right. last year, right. and they've got a good matchup against Atlanta. But I think people yeah. are going way over. Oh, way yeah. I mean, overboard. everybody thinks he's a
1: second coming of Jim Brown. But let's let's face it. You're probably getting a you know, TJ Yeldon was an RB two. If you're in the playoffs, you've gone to the semifinals, you've probably loaded up on some wide receivers. You need a competent running back, and he's basically taking Yeldon's place. I think he'll quit himself okay. I don't think you're going to get anything huge out of him, but he's good out of the backfield catching the ball. He's a decent runner. I think you're going to be fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you handcuffed him. I I think it's overblown with him, but, yeah, Yeldon, considered day-to-day, so Yeldon might not actually be out. I suspect he is. yeah. But, but they haven't been willing to say that yet, calling him day-to-day. I think Rappaport said he expected him to be out, was the only only person I've seen go on record. And then just go a little bit north of Jacksonville there, Rick, in Carolina. Jonathan Stewart going out with that foot injury. He has already been declared out. So so here we go. Fozzie Whitaker, Rick. Cameron Artis-Payne. Mike Tolbert. Uh, you messing with that situation at all? I'm – I cannot pull the trigger on any of those guys.
1: I, I was kind of high on Payne earlier in the preseason. Look, Jonathan Stewart has done an amazing job this year. Um, I was expecting him to be hurt six weeks ago. But yeah, he, he waited a good long time yeah. for this happen. And Payne really hasn't seen the ball. At all. You no. Know, handful of carries this year. I mean, almost have to go with Tolbert as – The guy that may get a few looks. Fozzie Whitaker's a third-down guy. He scored last week. But, I mean, let's face it. Do you want to go into your playoffs with one of those three? Right. I mean, you have to have a better
0: option on your lineup, I would think. Yeah. So, again, gun to my head, back to the wall, no other options. I'd feel out of those those three guys, I'm not messing with Artis Payne. I think they'll try to give him some work. Whitaker may be the guy if you're in a PPR league. I think he right. could have some value right. there. You certainly have the opportunity for a touchdown with Mike Tolbert. I'd feel better with that on any other team. Mm-hmm. It, with, the problem with Carolina is the first option in the goal line running game is still Cam Newton. So it doesn't matter if you're talking about Jonathan Stewart. That's where Jonathan Stewart – Jonathan Stewart, for the way he's performed, should have been a top five back. But he is the third option behind Cam Newton and Mike Tolbert once they get down along the goal line. So he ain't getting in the end zone unless he breaks one from 15-plus. So that's been the problem with Stewart all along. I still, Whitaker, I still think I in, a, take standard, a, in a standard format, right. Tolbert's the guy. Right, yeah, he would be the guy there in a PPR – I wouldn't feel too bad about Whitaker. I just don't know how much they're going to get Arvidus Payne involved. I, I really don't. He just th- hasn't had enough work. I think they're going to have to. Look, everybody's talking
1: about... You know, let's. we're getting derailed yet again. But Do it. A lot of these experts are saying, and, and this is crazy to me. Maybe I'm crazy, but... Odell Beckham not a must start this oh, week. Yeah, he's a
0: sit on one of these ones You're I was crazy. looking at earlier. You can't say. You're sit crazy.
1: I don't care if he's playing against Carolina or not. Right. You put in Odell Beckham. <laughs> They're going to slow him down? They're not going to stop him. No. And and, look. and if you think that Carolina and the New York Giants is going to be Fourteen 10, you're <laughs> <laughs> probably, crazy. Probably not going to happen. No. Probably not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So, it's going
0: to be – I'm not even going to tip my hand because we're going to be predicting games yeah. in the next segment. Yeah, we'll do that next segment. So before we before we get to that, Rick, we got about a minute left here. We spent a lot of time, I think on this air, certainly on Sunday, talking about your RB2 position where you just got totally hooked by Isaiah Crowell last week. We can all agree – that, that he's not to play. So somebody in your situation, Rick, you got Crowell, and let's say you picked up Whitaker. Who are you going to play there? Full-point PPR as a caveman league is.
1: Full-point PPR. Crowell versus I, Seattle I, or I Whittaker? think
0: I would have to go Whitaker. I think I would, too.
1: I mean, Crowell. So I think he does
0: make himself playable this week. I picked
1: week. up Crowell on my team probably six weeks ago. Yeah. He made one start. <laughs> it just happened to me yeah. last week. You hit the right one. He's going back to the bench. That's He's why you're against a, Seattle? You're a guru, uh-uh. right? I mean, I mean be, against
0: Seattle, no chance am I starting you know, this guy. If you were anybody else in the fantasy community, you'd be taking topless pictures of yourself and posting them on Twitter with you laughing at everyone else for what a genius you are.
1: Uh, I, I'm sorry, but, I mean, Cleveland yeah, what, against San Francisco is honest enough. play. We're
0: honest enough to say that you were desperate and that's the best option you could come up with, and you got a little bit lucky there, but a lot of people wouldn't say that. We, we did get lucky, but it was actually – see. That is a
1: truly – and I'm not a matchup guy. That was truly a matchup play. Yeah, you had to. I mean, and – Crowell against Seattle at Seattle?
0: No. That's a matchup play, (laughs) and I ain't playing it. Yeah, there's a lot of guys out there. I might take Fred Jackson over him on the other (laughs) side, quite frankly, (laughs) to go back to the beginning of the discussion. It could be. All right, let's break it here. Rick, we'll come back. We'll start picking all the games, uh, wrap it up, we'll look at the fantasy matchups that are within those games, and we'll do all that right after this. You got it. All right, we are back here on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show on the Fantasy Sports Network. Rick, everybody's favorite segments, call your bookie. Time for Rick Flieger to pick some games here. Yeah. Tell you what, I don't know if. You... I was over 500 last week. Yeah, I don't know if you beat me a week yet. <laughs> I don't think so. This is the week, buddy. I'm feeling good. All right. I have done my homework. Okay. So let's start it out Saturday night. Tonight, as you listen to this, don't forget about it. New York Jets at the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, Dallas still alive for the division. But, uh, you know, the Jets, I tell you, they're a hot team right now. They
0: have good offense and pretty good defense. I like the Jets 31 20. Yeah, Jets team just rolling. Fitzpatrick has it going. Chris Ivory should have his way after you saw what Eddie Lacy did last week. A score I like very much, Rick. I agree with you on the Jets scoring 31, and I'm giving the Dallas Cowboys my favorite number, Rick, (laughs) 9. There you go. 31-9. to All right, Kansas City at Baltimore. I I hate Baltimore, Rick. I'm starting to feel bad for them. (laughs) My injuries this team's racking up. I am starting to feel bad for the Baltimore Ravens as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan.
1: I never feel bad for the Baltimore Ravens. Unfortunately for the Steelers, I think this is just another gimme game for Kansas City. You know, Baltimore's game, but um, Kansas City just too much talent, and I'm going Kansas City
0: 24, Baltimore 14. Yeah, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this when I got Kansas City 27-11. I think a big game for Jeremy (laughs) Macklin, I think, is somebody who can – who can really put together a good one against that secondary. All right, Rick, the battle for a futility in the AFC South. Houston travels to Indianapolis. i
1: tell you what. You know, all the argument when Matt Hasselbeck was 3-0 and or whatever it was with them, there, there's no argument. They need Andrew Luck back. They're not going to have him. Houston, as bad as they are, I think they're going to win. Houston 27, Indy 21.
0: Yeah, I think this would have been an easy call. If Brian Hoyer wasn't gonna be out, that's when we didn't get to. He has that concussion. Uh T, TJ, whatever Yates. Yates yeah. whatever his name is, gonna get the start. But Indy's reeling. Indy's going the wrong direction fast. They've had good matchups and, and say for T. Y. Helton last week. Frank Gore can't get it going. Hasselback's banged up. Luck's back practicing, but he's not ready to play yet. I think this is Houston, too good on defense, too good with DeAndre Hopkins. It's going to be close. I got Houston 24-21. Atlanta at Jacksonville. Raise your hand if you predicted Jacksonville to put up 51 last week. Although I, I did predict Blake Bortles to outperform Ben Roethlisberger, I cannot I my raise chest. my
1: hand on that. I did take Jacksonville to win the game, It's certainly not like that. Unfortunately, you had uh, Indy taking Jacksonville. Yeah, I did have that.
0: Jacksonville losing, but Bortles having a really nice yeah. day. So I'm going to hang my hat on that. I tell
1: you what, this is this is a
0: good offense. It, it is a it
1: is it's amazing to see the the maturity of Blake Bortles. Yeah, and hey, granted around. the the Allen brothers. You know, Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, they both are
0: great talents. Julius Thomas becoming an important part of that offense
1: finally. Even more important now with um, uh, TJ Yeldon Hurt. You know I mean? I I don't know if you can rely on Robinson for the same type of role, but I still like Jacksonville. Atlanta, no heart. No guts. There's (laughs) nothing in that team I like. I cannot stand the quarterback. And the offense is just
0: with Julio Jones. And Devontae Freeman. And, and Devontae Freeman, out. yeah,
1: out. It, it, it's terrible. I like Jacksonville 31-24. Yeah,
0: they're dogs. This one's going to be close, even though it shouldn't, just because that's what Jacksonville does. I got the Jags 27-24. Chicago traveling to Minnesota. 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 I like Minnesota.
1: Minnesota. over Chicago.
0: Yeah, big, big game for Adrian Peterson here, I think, against that rush defense. Minnesota gets it rolling again at home, 33-27. All right, Rick, Tennessee travels to Foxborough. The (laughs) still-oft-injured New England Patriots are just blunts out. I don't care how many people are out on New England – New England, 42, Tennessee, 17. We're pretty close in that one. I got New England, 41, 10. I go. still think the Patriots are vulnerable, but not against this Tennessee Titans team, no. especially at home. All right, Rick, uh, Carolina taking on the Giants in New York, in New Jersey, actually.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've said for the last two or three weeks, I still don't believe that Carolina is an undefeated team. Bingo, I find my opponent. I'm going Eli Manning, New York Giants find some way
0: in New Jersey to take down Carolina 34-30. That was gonna be my that's my upset special too, Rick, so I guess it's not all that special. This is what the Giants do, right? They beat undefeated teams or at least play them real close. Right? I agree. Carolina just isn't a 16-0 team. And Carolina's starting to believe their own hype. You know, I like it. I enjoy the dancing and celebrating. I enjoy them taking selfies on the sidelines and uh, Cam Newton running from end zone to end right. zone, doing the Hulk Hogan thing. I like all that, but that that's going to put you in line for a loss here. They know it's over. They're going to let up a little bit. They're a little bit banged up here. I got the Giants twenty three twenty. And quite frankly, I think I like it, but if, it's going to cost them a game down the stretch. If if I'm right, you know that that New York Giants
1: upset them. I think that is would be the best thing for Carolina. I agree with you. 100%. I really think. Because I tell you what, still in my mind, the number one team in the NFC is still Arizona.
0: Yeah, it's just going to depend on, though, what's important to Carolina. I think it's really going to depend on where that game's played assuming right. that's your NFC championship. It's going to be very important. Buffalo at Washington. I tell you what, you know, I really
1: want to believe in both of these teams. And I don't. You can't predict either one of them. I like what Kirk Cousins done, but I think when a push comes to shove, I think in a game like this one, I think this one's going to get down and dirty. I think Buffalo – is going to come out of the – when the dust settles, I think they're going to have a close win. I
0: like Buffalo 26-21. Washington doesn't win back-to-back games. It's been over a calendar year since they've won two in a row. That's enough for me. I got Buffalo 33-24. Green Bay traveling to Oakland. This is one I got my eye on. I'm intrigued by this game. Oh, yeah,
1: as you know, in previous segments, I, I've been wondering about Derek Carr, you know, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, who to start. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. You know, Green Bay really hasn't uh, stopped everybody completely. Their defense hasn't been horrible, but they can't stop people.
0: 31 27. I like Green Bay. Yeah, 24 23. I think it's very close. I think it's as advertised. Green Bay, just the better team right now. All right, Rick, well, we got a break. We come back. We will rapid fire through the rest of these games and wrap up the show. They may sound nuts, so do the Wright brothers. Now, here's
1: Flieger and Briggs. All right, we got to go rapid
0: hot fire here, wrapping up our game predictions. Rick Cleveland travels to Seattle.
1: Yeah, good luck there. I got Crowell on the bench, obviously.
0: 37 14, Seattle. 176 <laughs> to 3. I've got the Seattle Seahawks. All right, Rick, game of the week, in my opinion Denver travels to Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, I I tell you what, this is an intriguing game. And, you know, Brock Osweiler, I think, is going to get his up and coming a little bit here. Uh, You know, Pittsburgh bends a lot, but they don't necessarily break. And that's what Denver does. They move the ball a lot and don't score. But the problem is, I don't think anybody can stop this Pittsburgh offense when it's rolling I
0: like Pittsburgh, 31-24. I think it's going to be close. Yeah, I think this is low scoring. I think it's ugly. I got the Steelers 23-20. You can limit Ben Roethlisberger, but he's been there, done that. He's in a playoff hunt. It's December. This is what Ben Roethlisberger does, and I think Pittsburgh wins this one at home. All right, I know you're looking forward to this one, Rick. Miami at San Diego.
1: After seeing Odell Beckham wide open in the fourth quarter, no, nobody absurd. even covering this guy. San Diego is going to get off the schneid sooner wow. or
0: later, and I'm going San Diego 31, Miami 27. I can't do it. I just don't know how you get to 31 if you're San Diego. I got Miami 17-13. This seems like both teams should be able to move the ball and score, which means they'll both just bumble it around, and it'll be the ugliest thing you've ever seen. Dolphins by four. All right, Rick, Cincinnati coming off of losing losing. Uh, Andy Dalton, I almost said Carson Palmer again. Travel to San Francisco, to take on the Niners.
1: Yeah, in San Francisco, look, this team is totally being retooled and starting over again. Cincinnati's still got a great defense. Look, I know the the quarterback is a real question mark, but they've got a lot of weapons on that team. They've got a great defense. I like Cincinnati 23, San Francisco 10.
0: I'm going to have to see it from A.J. McCarron. I've liked what I've seen, Rick, out of of Blaine Gabbert, out of Shane Drone. Drawn, drawn, however you say it. I think San Francisco finds a way to win this one. Wow. Every quarterback who's ever come out of Alabama stinks. A.J. McCarron's going to be no exception. Joe Namath didn't. All right, name the guy after that. You said everybody. Bam. I said Joe Namath didn't. San Francisco 16, Cincinnati 13. Wow. Sunday night football, Rick. Arizona travels to Philadelphia. That's why I'm killing you this year.
1: (laughs) You know, Philadelphia, they're playing with a little heart. I'm going Arizona 35, Philly 24. Most times Arizona comes
0: east, Rick, they lose. Most times they come east, they lose. You saw that egg they laid in Pittsburgh. They're going to lay another egg in Philadelphia, Rick. Philadelphia 27, Arizona 24, and Monday night football fantasy game of the week, if not a good football game, Detroit at New Orleans. I'm killing you this week. Detroit 41. New Orleans 33. New Orleans 31. Detroit 24. We got plenty of separation <laughs> here. It. All right, Rick, we got to get out of here. Thanks so much for joining us. Check us out Sunday, 10 o'clock Eastern, Blog Talk Radio, AsylumFantasySports.com for the slant. If not, next week, same time, same channel. Good luck this week. We'll see you. Take care.